0: of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. January was just an ugly month for investors. At the lowest point, the S&P 500 was down about I don't know, 12% from its peak. The NASDAQ was down around 20%. Maybe we're just giving back some of the outsized gains we got over the last year. I know the more speculative the name, the harder it got hit. I generally embrace these types of pullbacks. No, I'm not some sort of masochist. I don't like people losing money now. But I do think it's important that the markets reset itself from being overvalued. This correction is still running its course, and it's hard If not impossible, to time the market. But I do believe the worst is behind us. Seems to me that stocks had gotten oversold and valuations, at least in several sectors, look much more reasonable than they were. And that doesn't mean that we can't retest the low. As a matter of fact, I think it's likely that we do retest the low over the next six months or so. And of course, rising rates are certainly going to be a headwind for the market, too. Now, with that said, I'd avoid the tech names. And if I'm looking to add, I'd focus mainly on the defensive names that are paying decent dividends. That way it buffers some of the volatility. At least that would be the idea. Thank you. And welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, here at the XML Financial Group. So glad you could tune in today. You know, Monday started off kind of weird. No, it wasn't a Super Bowl hangover or anything like that. If it was, that might have explained why the energy markets looked a little fuzzy to me when I first looked at them. The price of oil was going up, but the energy stocks, they were selling off. Hold it, that doesn't make sense. Oil's, oil's going up, but the stocks are going down. You know, markets change on a daily basis. You can get movers in one direction or another just because of a headline. But I wanted to bring this up because this not so subtle move on Monday Could have a longer-term read-through. Oil prices have continued to march higher. It's not hard to figure out why. You have the Russia-Ukraine conflict. That remains center stage. And at the same time, you have OPEC Plus. Well, they're continuing to struggle with increasing output. So together, these two factors are raising supply concerns and driving the price of the commodity higher. So why are oil stocks selling off? Well, there's an old saying that goes, the cure for higher prices is higher prices. And what I mean by that is when prices are high, it encourages more production. If oil is hundred dollars a barrel, I want to sell as much of it as I can, right? So I'm going to be drilling everywhere I can and producing as much as I can until eventually there's enough oil and prices fall. That really hasn't been a problem for a number of reasons. But one of the main ones was that the oil companies have been perceived, at least of late, to be more shareholder-friendly. In other words, they've been returning capital back to their owners through dividends and buybacks, as opposed to spending vast amounts of money searching for new oil deposits or acquiring reserves. But last week, we saw the U.S. energy firms increase their rig count by the most they have in over the in the last 4 years and that was that's the capitalized on the higher prices and it's leading investors to wonder if the energy companies are going to turn their focus away from returning capital to shareholders in favor of increased spending on drilling and production let's face it the oil and gas names have had an epic run here since september and for some investors, now probably doesn't seem like a bad time to lock in at least some of those gains. I'm starting to feel like a carnival barker. No one wants to feel like a carnival barker, except for maybe a carnival barker. So this is going to be my last shout out about BBWI. That's Bath and Body Works. If you haven't looked at it, you might want to do your own research on this one and see if it makes sense for you. They're going to announce their quarterly earnings after the market on February 23rd and the conference call scheduled for the next morning. But a couple of weeks ago, they pre-announced their quarterly sales and earnings, which were ahead of their previous guidance, which suggests suggests a stronger close to the quarter. But that's not why I wanted to give it one last bark today before I give it a rest. No. Although it was reassuring from an earnings standpoint, there were two things that really caught my eye. First, they increased their dividend by 33%, which annualizes out to 80 cents a share now. That's 20 cents a quarter. And it's always nice to see a company that you own increase their dividend. The second thing was that BBWI authorized a billion and a half dollar buyback of their stock. Usually that doesn't really get me going because when a company does this, doesn't really mean they have to buy back the stock. They can say it and then not really buy much, if any. But this one was different in that of that billion and a half buyback that was allocated or the cash that was allocated for the buyback, a billion of it was for an accelerated buyback program. And if you're not familiar with what that is, pretty much sounds uh, Is what it sounds like. Not to get in the nuts and bolts of it, but what it boils down to is the company just bought back, by my estimation, about four to 5% of its outstanding shares. Boom, real quick, within the week. When management does that, it says two things to me. One, they feel their balance sheet is in good shape and they have the cash, and this is a good use of their cash because, two, they think their shares are undervalued. I, of course, think the stock is undervalued, trading at 12 times this year's earnings estimates, and that's a big discount to their peers. Okay, enough of BBWI for now. Last week, I said I was poking around some of the insurance names. What I'm thinking here is that rates are going up, and that's not some heroic call. But That should be good for the insurance group. Most insurers have struggled over the past decade as persistently low rates have had an adverse effect on their earnings, their capital, their reserves, their liquidity. What insurance companies do, or rather they try to do, is to match their assets and their liabilities. Or said another way, their investment income needs to match their contractual obligations. They take in premiums, And they know that they're going to have to pay out a claim in say five five years. So that limits what they can do with the cash. Now, higher interest rates make it easier for insurers to reach their targeted rates of returns without having to wade into riskier asset classes and making bigger bets. Higher rates also mean that they can invest new premiums and reinvest their investment income at higher rates than what they've been getting. I'm thinking valuations are cheap and their relative price-to-book values are at multi-decade lows. There are three companies you might want to look at. Each of them is a bit different, so you have to do your digging. One is Prudential Financial, symbol PRU. It's trading around $115, 10 times earnings, paying better than a 4% dividend, and you're going to find that most of these insurers are paying higher than market dividends. Pru is trying to ramp up growth and just be more nimble overall. And to get there, they're going to sell between 5 to 10 billion dollars worth of their assets over the next few years. It looks like looks to me like they've already have around 6 billion in sales already planned out. And what they want to do is redeploy that money into growthier type areas. So that's PRU, P-R-U. Another one to look at that's interesting to me is MetLife, symbol M-E-T. And it's trading about $72, nine times earnings, better than a two and a half percent dividend. They're trying to shift their product mix towards more profitable, faster growing areas. And they'll say that they'll And they say they'll continue to spend their excess capital on the dividends and share repurchases, so that's good for their shareholders. And the last one I want to mention is UNM, symbol U-N-M. And let me back up for a second. I really became interested in the insurance group because of the reasons I just said. But from a portfolio management standpoint, I didn't buy Pru or Met. And it wasn't because I found something I didn't like about them. It was because I felt I already had exposure through the things I already owned, specifically things like Berkshire Hathaway, symbol BRK. I buy the B-shares, so it's BRKB and Unum. Remember, the goal of this show isn't to tell you what to buy or sell. No. What I'm trying to do is give you some concrete ideas that you can take away and research for yourself so that you can make your own decisions. If you want us to help, just reach out. So what I decided was to add to my already existing Unum position. I've talked about them before, so most of you have already heard my thesis. You can go back and listen to the prior podcast if you like. Unum, again, U-N-M, is one of the major providers of employee benefits, things like group life insurance, the disability policies, the long-term care insurance. Now, Unum is trading around twenty-nine dollars, a whopping six times earnings, and paying better than a four percent dividend over the past five years. Earnings have grown on average of thirteen percent per year, and the dividend grew on average of eleven and a half percent a year. So, first six times earnings, not very demanding. Over the last 15 years, they've averaged between eight and 12 times earnings. If they regain that kind of multiple, that would mean a huge increase in the prices of the stock. And while you wait, you're getting a 4% dividend, which, as I mentioned, has been growing by about 11% a year. Think about that for a second. If it's growing at 11%, that means it's going to more than double over the next seven or eight years. That's kind of nice. And it's not a stretch for them to pay it. The dividend only takes up about 25% of their net profits. What are they going to do? Well, what are they doing with the rest of the cash? In past years, they'd been buying back their own stock to the tune of about 5% a year. The pandemic put the kibosh on that. But- They just recently announced that they were going back to their old ways and are going to start the buyback shares again. I see multiple ways that I can make a good return with Unum, so I just add it to my position. Again, that's Unum, symbol UNM, and that's all the time that we have for today. I'll be back in a couple of weeks, and until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. I'm Eric Whiteman, and this has been Common Sense Investing. the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talk about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and are not necessarily those of the XML Financial Group. I typically own and trade the securities I'm discussing, both personally and for my clients, but not all of them. Likewise, employees of XML and our affiliate broker dealer may be trading and providing advice Regarding the securities I mentioned to their clients as well. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, you should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I suggest you get someone who's qualified in those areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, Diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. I like to make projections and other forward looking statements, which are just that opinions and are not actual results and are only valid as of the date of this recording. Things change constantly. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.